Good morning. In just a minute, I'm going to read from Psalm 84, and uh, I was really encouraged this morning, both in Gary's class and and uh, in services, that uh, uh, such an emphasis has been put on just reading the Word. And I'm going to kind of just follow suit with that this morning, and I'm going to read through Psalm 84. Uh, this is my favorite um, of of the Psalms, except for maybe Psalm 63. And um, I'm going to talk to you about a little bit about why this means so much to me this morning. Um, but last week, I was super excited. We, we talked about um, this idea of uh, um, uh, the Lord is my portion. And that's a song I've sung. You know, it's something I'm familiar with, that expression. But I, I gained a greater understanding of, of what that means to me. And I, I hope that meant something to you, too. Two people in Scripture that said that were Jeremiah and Asaph in one of the Psalms. And the reason that meant so much to me is when God gave out portions to Israel. And he said, Judah, this is your portion. And when you look at the back of your Bible and that colorful map that has each one gets their territory, Judah, Reuben, Gad, Asher, and he gave them land and an inheritance. And, and then he turned to the sons of Levi and he said, you will not have a portion. You will not have a, a land. You will not have an inter- inheritance for the Lord himself will be your portion. And so it meant so much to me that, that uh, Jeremiah and Asaph said that. Now, digging into exactly what that means and the depth of what's going on there, man, that's a, di- that's a difficult thing to do. But he says this, man, this service of the Lord is going to be your portion. And so you would feel so privileged, right, to be a Levite. But then he does this. He turns to the three sons of Levi, Gershom, Kohath, Merari, and he says this, Merari, I want you to carry the crossbars and the posts and the stakes. Gershom, I want you to carry the cloth, the tents, the gates, um, the coverings, the ropes. And Kohath, you'll be responsible for carrying the sacred vessels of God. And so you find out, man, I'm going to be appointed to this great work. And then they dump a bunch of sticks in your hands. Say, okay, go to work. And they're saying, okay. And I don't know what you think of when you think of priests today. Um, our concept of priests today is probably people uh, who don't work very hard. Back then, these were the butchers, the barbecuers, um, and the movers. These were workers, um, strong men probably, I mean capable people. But this is what happens with each of the sons. And he says, you're going to carry the sticks, you're going to carry the cloths and the gates, and you're going to do this. And each one gets their portion. I want, I want before I read Psalm 84... I just want to read this blessing that God, that God asked Aaron to pray um, over all of Israel. And, uh, and hopefully we'll breathe some new meaning into this. This is from Numbers 6, 22. The Lord said to Moses, tell Aaron and his sons, this is how you are to bless the Israelites. Say to them, the Lord bless you and keep you. The Lord make his face shine on you and be gracious to you. The Lord turn his face toward you and give you peace. So they will put my name on the Israelites and I will bless them. Now, up until just recently, I've always been excited about their ironic blessing. And I've prayed that over people I love. I've always loved the part where it says, God, turn your face toward me. I want you to recognize me. But now I'm really fascinated with what he says afterwards. In saying this blessing, did you catch what he said? You will put my name on on the Israelites. And you find out when you read through, especially um, Deuteronomy and Numbers and some of these books, you find out this is a major theme. We're receiving his name. 
Um, kind of like in a marriage, when two people are bound in marriage, you know what this was. That I, We didn't ex- just exchange rings. We didn't just exchange vows. One of the most sacred things that happens in that wedding is you received a new name. For me to, to enter into a covenant with my wife and for her to say, I'm taking your name. I'm being associated with you. This is my identity now. I'm finding myself in you. That is sacred. And this is what happens with Israel. They take the name of the Lord. And so we find this language at work. And before I kind of, kind of develop that a little bit further, I want to read through this Psalm 84. And just like last week, I was super excited that it was Jeremiah and it was Asaph that were excited about this idea of, man, the Lord is my portion because they were from the, the line of Levi. But this is even more exciting to me because this Psalm is written by the sons of Korah. Now, I know I'm getting into a lot of history here, and and, and we're going to get out of it in just a second. But you probably remember the name Korah from the term Korah's Rebellion. That's that's what Korah was known for is, hey, you've chosen me as an Israelite. Now you've chosen me as a Levite. Now I've even been chosen because I'm a descendant of Koath. I'm part of this select group. But then it was only Aaron and Moses and the descendants that, that were chosen for the, the services in the temple. And Korah rebelled. And he said, you've gone too far with this, Moses. You've gone. And he rebelled because he didn't get to be in that sacred position that he desired so much. And the sons of Korah write this psalm. And I want you to just kind of pick up on that history when we go through this. How lovely is your dwelling place, O Lord Almighty. So he begins with this idea of the temple. My soul yearns, even faints, for the courts of the Lord. My heart, my flesh cry out for the living God. Even the sparrows found a home, and the swallow a nest for herself, where she may have her young, a place near your altar. O Lord Almighty, my King, my God, blessed are those who dwell in your house. They're ever praising you. Blessed are those whose strength is in you, who have set their hearts on pilgrimage. As they pass through the valley of Baca, they make it a place of springs. The autumn rains also cover it with pools. They go from strength to strength until each appears before God in Zion. Hear my prayer, O Lord God Almighty. Listen to me, O God of Jacob. Look upon our shield, O God. Look with favor on your anointed one. Better is one day in your courts than a thousand elsewhere. I would rather be a doorkeeper and the house of my God, then dwell in the tents of the wicked. For the sun, for the Lord is a sun and shield. The Lord bestows favor and honor. No good thing does he withhold from those whose walk is blameless. O Lord Almighty, blessed is the man who trusts in you. What I got so excited about is, is, is here he is, a descendant of this, this particular group, and he says, I would rather be a doorkeeper. I would rather be a doorkeeper because that's exactly what his family was assigned to do. We don't get to be the ones maybe that go in and, and represent, be the high priest. But, but look at me, I'm close to your altar. Look at what I get a chance to do. Look at the way I get to serve. Um, but I kind of want to turn to what the priesthood was. What this idea of being a Levite was and what it meant to bear the name of the Lord. The first thing that really impressed me is the priest would bear the names 
of the Levite, of, I'm sorry, of Israel before God. And so on this ephod, uh, this is a picture of the ephod. It's not a full picture, and it looked a whole lot better than that. I think that's made out of cardboard. But the real one, you would have these 12 stones, and they represented the 12 tribes over the priest's heart. And he would bear the names of Israel before God. And then he wore two stones of black stones of onyx on his shoulders. And each of those stones was engraved with the names of the 12 tribes of Israel. And the reason why, and this is what's so neat when you look in the Old Testament, everything is richly symbolic. Because as the priest, I bear the names of my family, my friends, my country before you, God. And so he would turn to go into the temple before God, bearing, carrying on his shoulders the names of the tribes of Israel. He would bear over his heart the names of the tribes of Israel. And he represented the people before God. He carried them. Is the the language that's used. Carried these names before God. And then he would turn and go to the people. And they would bear the name of God before the people. And so when God says, I, in doing all this, you will put my name on the Israelites. It gives a, breathes a lot more. I'm just going to kind of look at this. You will put my name on the Israelites and I will bless them. This is the language that was used. Now, the reason I really want to emphasize that and focus on that is because, do you remember the third commandment? You will not take the name of the Lord your God in vain. It's always bothered me. Getting into a weird Greek word in the Septuagint where to translate this, it says receive. It's the Greek word lambano. It means receive. And I say it with a Spanish accent because I don't know Greek. It's to receive. It had nothing to do with saying OMG. That obviously wasn't something you said back then. You would get stoned if you said that, I promise you. But you, you would also get stoned if you used his name at all. Okay, um, and so the idea of receiving the name of the Lord in vain, taking his name because I am putting my name on you. You're going to be a people called by my name. You will not do this in vain. I've called you to a purpose. I've called you to a mission. I've called you to something. This isn't something as is. Is we've Americanized scripture. We talked about that a lot in class this morning. Is is saying a cuss word and saying God with it. Obviously, you don't do that. Okay. But this is something maybe we do get guilty of sometimes, is God has called me to a mission, a purpose, a life, a meaning. This is who you are. I've called the Levites. I've called the sons of Aaron. I've called you. This is what I've called you to be and what I've called you to do. You are a royal priesthood, right? This is what I've called you to. Don't do this in vain. And so the idea of the, of the priest, and I'm going to kind of take this into the New Testament and, and bring this to our lives, I hope, was to do these two things. Carry the names of the people before God and say, God, I'm lifting this up to you. These are the people. This is, these people are my heart. And you would represent the nation. And then you would turn around and you would bear witness to God before the people and you would represent him. This is exactly what Jesus came to do. And it gets into a really crazy deep study when you look into Hebrews. As our high priest, he came to reveal God. To be in his very image and his very nature, God among us. And as a priest, carry that name into the the world. And then the same way, he carried us. 
He brings us before God as a holy priesthood, clean, holy. And he does that on both ends. But then he's called us um, to be a priesthood. And I want to go through just some some verses in the New Testament that that just that brings this to life for me. The first is Colossians 3.17. Whatever you do, whether a word or deed, do it all in the name of the Lord Jesus, giving thanks to God the Father through him. And I love the fact that we close prayers. I think it's beautiful that we close prayers in Jesus' name. Amen. And I think there's a beauty to doing that. And the beauty is this. Um, it reminds you that whatever I do, whatever I lift before you, my thoughts, everything, I want it to be in the name of Jesus, right? But there's a danger in that expression. And the danger in that expression is sometimes, and maybe you're like me, maybe you grew up thinking this, to pray in Jesus' name means to say in Jesus' name. And, and that's not at all what the idea means, you can easily say in Jesus' name without praying in Jesus' name. Because this says, do everything you do. Now, this would get old if we did said in Jesus' name, right? After everything we did. And everything you do, do it in the name of the Lord Jesus. What does that mean? I am your representative in this world. What I do represents him. And in a world where today, and I mentioned it in class this morning, Religion is looked at with such disdain. And, and people look at, at Christianity even, and they hate the word religion. It's just become a dirty word today. And th- this is the way people, we have a responsibility to represent God and his purity today. Someone said to me yesterday, man, it must be tough to work with a church in today's culture because there's so much competition with churches. It's talking about us like we're McDonald's or something. Um, the way we relate to each other. And it made me sick to hear that kind of language talking about God's people. The reason I say that is because I'm thinking we have to redefine in our families, in our culture, in our workplaces, everything, what it means to be a Christian today. The humility that comes with that. The servitude that comes with that. The passion that comes with that. And, and that's why it's so important that we're living in God's word. Just a few verses I want to bring out of this. The first thing I just want to focus on is our responsibility bearing the names of others before our God. And I hope this means something to you because I want God to lay names on your heart this morning. Um, Paul said this in 1 Thessalonians. What is my hope, my joy, my crown in which I will glory in the presence of the Lord Jesus when he comes, is it not you? And I just want you to hear, I'm just going to just use a couple of what Paul's sayings in his letters. Romans 1, I constantly remember you in my prayers at all times. And to Timothy, he writes, night and day, I constantly remember you in my prayers. In 2 Corinthians 11, he says this, Man, I've been in prison, I've been flogged, exposed to death. Five times I received from the Jews the, the 40 lashes minus one. Three times I was beaten. And after he goes through being shipwrecked and hungry and cold and everything else, he says this, On top of everything else, I face daily my pressure and my concern for all the churches. More than anything else. And you just see this idea as a priest that the names of people I love, I'm bearing before my God constantly. Lifting them up before Him. And I'm thinking about that some of you right now have grandchildren. You have children. You have parents. You have people that in your life are sacred to you. 
And, and you would do anything. You even identify with what Paul would say when he said, man, I'd give my own soul, man, if it meant you, if it meant you coming to Christ. And God lays those names in your heart. And you as a priest bringing them constantly before God. I love Paul's language. Night and day, constantly. I will bear these people before you. And I will represent these people before you. And then the second thing is this. Bearing the name of God before the world. Peter wrote this. If you suffer as a Christian, don't be ashamed. But praise God that you bear that name. You carry that name. I think about the responsibility that was given um, to Israel. And some of these verses, man, that you, we haven't looked at in a long time. I think, I guess if we were to talk about the rebellion of Korah and some of this stuff, this isn't stuff we're familiar with today. But it's important we look at this stuff because it breathes meaning into some of these verses we are familiar with. What does this mean to me today? To bear the name of the Lord. To represent him in this society. To represent him in my family. There are people in this city right now and in your family, and probably in this church, I'll be real with you, they're probably even here, that hate religion and hate God. And they've seen the way he's been represented. They feel betrayed. They feel hurt. They've seen competition in churches. They've seen people trying to go on, do this kind of show to outdo that kind of show or whatever else. And how we perceive religion today is absolutely ridiculous. But Jesus Christ is nothing to be ashamed of. And what he came to do and what he came to bring, I love it when Paul says, I'm not ashamed of that. And I will bear that before God. The Levites were responsible for bearing the burdens of, of the poles, of bearing the burdens of the curtains, of bearing all this, but more than everything else, bearing the name of the Lord and representing him well. Is a priesthood. It's language that it's language that I love, but it's language that maybe has been corrupted today. Is a priesthood. Our responsibility is exactly this, to bear the names of the people before him and to bear his name before the people. My message this morning was super simple. And I just, I loved reading Psalm 84 with this in mind. Better is one day in your court than a thousand elsewhere. I'm curious what God has called you to personally. You know, that, that maybe the calling he has for you is not what you envisioned it would have been. I can't imagine what it would have been like. I actually identify with the sons of Korah. I get it. You selected my people out of all the people on the earth. You selected my family among all the families among the Levites. You selected Moses and Aaron and you, you gave me a bunch of rods and told me to carry this. I'm not okay with this. I wanted to be called something greater. But his descendants had the beauty and the wisdom to say this. Man, you are near the court of God right now in what you're doing. You are a doorkeeper in his house. Praise God that I've been given this. Praise God for my one small part in his kingdom. Whatever that is. I would rather be a doorkeeper in the house of my God than dwell in the tents of the wicked. I want to pray that whatever your ministry is, whatever your calling is this morning, um, 
you have been given this one responsibility to bear the name of the Lord. And I pray that whatever it is, even if it seems like the smallest, most mundane thing, I pray that you would do so with beauty. Uh, I pray that you do so with praise. That you'd be excited about your calling uh, in God today. I have a hero um, back in Austin that um, uh, he, he would come in and he would clean out my office. He, he, he was a custodian for our church and a brilliant man, a brilliant man with multiple Bible degrees and everything else. And he gave me a new trash bag if I did something okay. And if I didn't, he would not change out my trash bag. Did you know that? Yeah, I didn't always get my trash bag changed. And it was just a private joke between the two of us. Um, and one day he asked me to fill in. And um, I came in, and, and it was late at night, and our neighborhood was having a meeting at the church building. And uh, there were pizza boxes everywhere, and the place was trashed. The furniture, nobody picked up after it. And um, I was sitting there watching, going, man, I'm going to be up late working tonight. And, um, and one of the guys was really rude to me. I won't talk about everything he said, but he was super rude to me. And he kind of barked at me and, and told me, you know, what I needed to be doing. And um, looking at this man that I knew really well, his name was Lyle, um, and having the respect I had for him, I said, do people treat you that way? He goes, yeah, yeah, they do. And I said, you know what the worst part about it was? Is when I told him, I'm sorry, I didn't know what my responsibility was. I actually work for the church and I'm filling in tonight. He apologized to me because I was a minister instead of a custodian, I guess. And it made me feel dirty and it made me feel dark. And I remember talking to Lyle afterwards and and. I will never forget a lot of what he said to me. He said, it doesn't matter what your calling is in the kingdom or how people treat you. He says, I, I work before my Lord. And he knows me and he knows my service. And, uh, and I just thought about that. And I thought about people that do things, sometimes tasks, and maybe it's your job, maybe not with the church, but maybe where you are, where you are not well respected for what you do. And you are working extremely hard and you're disrespected or whatever else it is. Maybe it's something that you're doing in the kingdom for the work of the Lord that nobody knows about. You'll never receive praise for and you're working hard at it. And nobody really acknowledges it. I want you to know that you are working before God. And he recognizes your service and he recognizes your work. And I pray that in the kingdom of God more and more, we would recognize that the ground is level at the foot of the cross. And that whatever honor that we've been given, whatever it is, bearing the name of the Lord in humility in our walk is the greatest calling you could be given. It is the greatest honor that you bear the name Christian today. Father, I just want to come before you and I ask um, that every single one of us in this room, that anyone can hear my voice, will recognize a calling from you. Um, God, that... um, that we have a responsibility, every single one of us. And I pray, God, that um, those of us that stand and dare open our mouth in your name, I pray that we would do it with humility. And I pray, God, for those that are working in your kingdom and working hard and washing tables for people and doing whatever they're doing, I pray, God, that you would recognize them and honor them. But God, I pray that um, we would recognize what it is and whatever station you've put us 
that we are doorkeepers in your kingdom. And there is no greater honor we could be given. I also want to come before you uh, as a, a priesthood and lift up names before you. Um, God, bearing on our hearts and feeling the burden of people we love. I pray, God, that we would come before you and I pray that those names um, would be constantly before your throne. That, Father, you would engage in your church today and in this nation today and in this world today. That people would recognize church not as a cheap business, but they would recognize it as the kingdom of Christ himself. And I ask God that you would put each of our hands to that task, that you would callous our hands, that you would dirty our knees with that kind of work in your kingdom today. I want to ask your blessing and I want to continually lift up before you our work downtown, our work with those that are even without homes right now, that are hurting, that are desperate. I pray, God, that um, we would be recognized as a people that are on our knees serving and helping there. And I ask, God, that, um, that you would be glorified in all of it and that people will not look and, and praise Meadowlark or praise anything other than your name. May your name be magnified and glorified in your people. In the name of Christ, amen.